Hello, this is a Trevor Jackson podcast sponsored by Anchor app. Hey man, appreciate y'all tuning in to the podcast. I'm having a dope discussion with my boy Mike McBath. We're talking about the new album he releasing, Hotel Nostalgia. Let's do it. What's good? What's good, family? Man, I appreciate you being on the show. I'm ecstatic. You just played me some music. I'm ecstatic to be here, man. How you doing today, family? Man, I'm doing good. Bless. Bless. Yes, Glad sir. to be back on the show, man. That's what's it's been up. a while. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. You was the first person on the visual podcast because at first I was just doing audio shows. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad to be on the first 4K, I tell you that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the 4K visuals now. We done upgraded, y'all. And and it ain't virtual. I'm in here with the guy now. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad you stopped by, man. Uh, you know, I've been enjoying the podcast, uh, checking it out, you know, called yeah. in. <laughs> the boys went off on me because I <laughs> <laughs> over the loyalty and love, but you know, it was all it was all out of love and, and loyalty. Yeah, so it yeah. was all cool, you know. I really enjoyed it, man. I, I I can't complain. I enjoy every time I see, you know, the notification come across the screen. I, I'm like, man, what they talking about tonight? So yeah, yeah. It, it was wonderful. Hey, that was dope, man. When you called into the show talking about the love and loyalty, then after your call, cuss and your comment, he said he an Alabama fan. I know. I was watching. <laughs> I'm in the studio and it was crazy because I was in the studio. Yeah. And I, I'm in here and I'm mixing the song and I got both of my phones sitting up. For, I got a phone right here and a phone right here. And I'm watching it, and I'm just I, I'm cracking up. And I, I seen the comment when I sent the comment in. He was like, "Oh, Mike, an Alabama fan too." Yeah, I'm like, "Road tie all day long." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fam, he went off on that man. He went, he went nuts when he seen that tied on that screen. Yeah, man. it's all it's all good though. I mean, I, I root for Tennessee when they not playing Alabama, but you know, hey, yeah, you, you got to stick with your team. That's fact, man. That's big old facts, man. But you know, like every podcast I do. I want to know the. I want to let the people know that I appreciate them, and uh, I just want to know how you been, fam. Like during the creation of this album, just how you been. Like the mental health check, you know, that's popular now. Mental health, it's with, it's important, and I think everybody need to do a mental health check with those they love, those they come in contact with, you know, on a daily or whether it's a weekly basis. But the mental health is good. Um, as I can tell you, man, doing this album. My favorite part was probably creating it, man. I've never been happier in my life. Mm. I've never been more confident in myself. Uh, I've never been more proud of myself. It's hard to say that you're proud of yourself, but like I was truly proud of myself in the making of this album. Uh, the mastering process, I haven't been too proud of myself because <laughs> you know you you hit your head on when you when you're doing something new. But you know I'm gonna go through it. I, I love it, and you know this is this is my mark. So. That's what's up, man, because, like, the records you played me that I heard so far, y'all going to be excited when y'all hear this record, man, Hotel Nostalgia. Yeah. The records you played me so far sound, they they sound like they feel good. Like, oh, yeah. like if a person depressed or they going through something, they they going to, their spirit's going to be uplifted when they hear these records. Big time, big time. And it, it even, you know, I got a song that'll put you in the middle of between being happy and being down. You know, I, I tell people, you know, emotions are good because mm -hmm. a lot of good things come out of emotions. You know, mm -hmm. you could be angry about something, but there's a lesson inside of there's a lesson inside of everything. Yeah. So uh, that's what this album's going to do, especially when you even look at the title. It's called Welcome to Hotel Nostalgia. So I'm telling everybody, look, check in to a good time, check yeah. into a happy place. You know, nostalgia means, you know, a happy place and it means a past happy place. So. I want everybody to go back to, you know, just being happy, being excited. And yeah, so that's what I did. I spent a lot of time in Margaritaville while making this album. And man, I was probably happy every night because, you know, mm -hmm. the wine was good. The Ooh. margaritas was on point. Yeah, everything was on point. And, you know, I I lived carefree. I didn't I didn't think about money. I didn't think about anything. I said, I'm just going to enjoy myself. I yeah. knew a budget before I went up there. But I said, if I blow the whole budget up here, so be it. But yeah. I, I want to get the feel for my album because I want to live my album. Mm. And so that's what I did. Uh, even the album cover is actually a picture from Margaritaville mm. that I took. You know, I drew it. Then I sent it to a designer said, hey, I, I want to kind of bring it more to life. But it was it was amazing, man. I met so many people and it's 
it's funny you mentioned mental health check because every night I'm at the rooftop drinking and I would talk to individuals and they would just open up and just cry to me about certain things or just talk to me about anything. And they like, man, this is what the world is missing. You know, you had people, white, black, Hispanic, who would come talk to me. And they was like, it's not even about politics. They was like, you know, everybody's a good person. It was like, you got bad people in this community, that community, but it's just about, you know, having a good time. So when I seen my music actually come to fruition, yeah, I was like, this is bigger than me. When yeah. the musicians that were playing up there, they came to me and we started talking. I let them hear bits and pieces of it. Yeah. They're like, I got to be a part of this album somehow. And I was like, I'm, I'm already on the, I'm already on the working of yeah. it. So yeah. I'm already on the process of it. But uh, just spinning ideals off of them and a couple of them listened to it and they played it live, you know, while I was up there. That was, and that's the best feeling to see somebody play your music live, like with real live instruments, yeah. you know, besides you playing it yourself, you know. And dang, that's a, I, I don't even want to talk about that yet because that's a good, you you giving me yeah. more questions having a conversation with you because live instruments, you're going to be able to perform this with a band. Yeah. Yeah, I scored the music the music sheet. Mm-hmm. I wrote it all out. Like I was a student to my music for this album. And that was actually going to be the title of the album. It was going to be called uh, Teachers Love Margarita, Students Hate Something Something. Yeah. Because, you know, teachers love margarita. Teachers love to have a good time. Students hate like homework or something like that. It was mm-hmm. a metaphor to it. But I was like, nah, that's just too much. Yeah. I don't want to go over everybody's head, but let me. Let me make it right so everybody can understand it. And it was fun becoming a student of uh, music again. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of artists might struggle with that sometimes. Like, man, I, I got this writer block. Um, I'm having a, a mental block. I don't know what to make. Step outside yourself and just become a student sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can get re-inspired. That's, that's great to, that you say become a student because, like, people, you have to like to learn. Like, when you get out of college. Oh, yes. When you get out of high school, that ain't the ending day. We learn for the rest of our life. Amen to that, brother. Hey, you hit it right on the nail. Yeah, we learn for the rest of our life. So the first question, like, I got to, you know what I mean? I didn't ask you this on the previous podcast, but I want to know the roots of Mike McBath's journey. I want to know what started all of this. Like, when did it start? Oh, man, I've been doing music since I was probably about eight, nine. Uh... It was it probably I say middle school. Let's just say middle school. Mm-hmm. Cause eight nine, it was just more of the listening phase. It was more being introduced to it. It wasn't really touching a drum machine or learning anything. Uh mm-hmm. when I got into middle school, I went to Britain Middle School and almost everybody rapped. Yeah. And if you didn't rap, you were you either had to play basketball, football, or or, or something that. creative. Yeah, or you yeah. were just lame. Yeah. But I, <laughs> but I took up the music because I love music, you know, like mm-hmm. Music is is the only thing on earth that can bring people together besides God. And yeah. that's what I tell Ooh. everybody. Music is the only thing that can do that. Mm-hmm. And so I fell in love with music. I fell in love with music because I was liking the artists that I were liking, the content that they were writing. I was like, wow, like they're telling the story like Slick Rick, the mm-hmm. artist storytelling. Oh, man. Man, the way he just, I was like, and that's what I do. I When I listen to a song like, it's almost like reading a book yeah. with words. So a lot of people like audio books is audio books ain't nothing but music without the beat. That's a fact. And <laughs> and when I purchase books nowadays, because I'm on the go so much and I travel and I work a lot that I purchase both. I need, I learn in all phases. I hear, mm-hmm. see, and, uh, it, I don't know all of, but all phases. I I heard, see, see smell, smell and all touch. of that. Yeah. Taste. You watch the new, uh, uh, BMF doc, um, TV series on no, stars. Nah, I haven't. Seen oh, it you got to watch it, man. And that's what that was a uh, big Meech's quote. He said, you know, uh, see it, touch it, attain it. Yeah. Yeah. Those was his, his three things. So, so, so when I, when I purchase books now, I purchase the audio version and the physical version. Cause if I'm traveling or if I'm at work, I put it in my headphones and then I finish it out reading it when I get home to relax, man, you got to teach me how to do that. When I try to do an audio book, I could do it, but it was hard for me to finish. It was hard for me to get the same vibe as reading because I can read and I can get lost. Like I go sit in the sun and read and I'm in there for two hours, not even knowing I'm roasted. But yeah. <laughs> but it's because I get lost in the book. Like, you know, the Jimi Hendrix book. I read that sitting in the sauna. 
The man mm-hmm. was multi-talented. The man was just an amazing, amazing person just to just to read about. And uh, I remember I ended up reading that whole book and assigning it in like one day. And it's like 356 pages. But I didn't know I was yeah. lost. And and that's what's good about physical copies, though. It's because you can uh, get in it and you get lost in it. It's like a movie, a dream. You just in it. You end the book yeah. when you yeah. read in the book. Yeah, you in that book, man. Uh my favorite type of books, though, are, are uh, murder mysteries. My favorite author is Stephen White. People call him Stephen White. I call him Stephen White because the way he spelled his name. But um, he used to be a therapist in Colorado, and he just started writing a lot of murder mystery books. And that was really like the first book I ever read and got lost in. And I was like, this is something I could do. Like, yeah, I could get lost in the books because, you know, Man, you know, growing up in the projects, don't nobody tell you to read. You read, you corny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, If you can read, you corny. Yeah, nerd, man. Yeah. We can't hang with this guy. Yeah, and I was like, and now, so, like, when I see, like, you know, kids that I coach, kids that I, you know, go do events with and stuff, Mm -hmm. I tell them, man, you want to take a free vacation, pick up a book. I tell my kids that all the time. Find your book. It's a vacation. Yeah. It's a whole nother world inside that book Mm -hmm. than the reality that you're viewing right now. Yeah. But let's not get because I see the library and I'm I'm intrigued about it. But when I say what was your introduction to music, I mean, you are multi-talented individual. So was it writing? Was it playing an instrument? Was it engineering the music? What was the the introduction? Well, and, and I'll make it sweet. So like. I've always kind of been a computer nerd. I love computers. You know, that's what I do for a living. So mm-hmm. I can break a computer down, build it up. Anything network-wise, I always done it. So I've always had that that like um, niche. The music, I wanted to be out in front. I wanted to be Tupac. Everybody wanted to be Tupac. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my first introduction. I was like, man, I want to be Tupac. You know, mm-hmm. I'm living in the hood of struggle. He talking about, I know what he's talking about. Yeah. And who can talk about it better than somebody living it? You yeah. Know? So I took that approach. And then as I got older, you know, middle school, high school, I was like, man, I need to have beats. I've always been a go getter. Yeah. So you can if I want to do something, I don't wait on somebody. Yeah. I'll figure out the information on how to do it and then I'll do it. Yeah. And then everybody else can follow along. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't have beats. So I learned about drum machines, keyboards. I grew up around nothing but musicians. You know, in the projects, everybody musician because you yeah. got to play in the church. Yeah. So my best friends, you know, they were keyboarders and drummers. So I was like, I can't play keys, but y'all can. So I'm going to buy the equipment. And I've always kind of been like, I bought equipment. Y'all play the music and mm-hmm. boom, I put it together and we can go, you know. So I started like that. But when you hang around people enough, you'll pick up their tendencies. You'll pick up their, their skills. Mm-hmm. So I started picking up the drums. I started picking up the keys. And then I start working around in the mix and this stuff. Um, and I knew a lot about it, but I didn't become a student of it until this album. Mm-hmm. I literally like pulled myself to the side and said, I'm going to become a student. But working around a lot of smart engineers at my job made me really say, you know what? I got to be a student of it if I want to be successful. That's fact. So like people don't even know like the the people I study music wise is like a Christopher Angels or uh, um, Eric Kramer. Mm-hmm. People don't even know who these people are. Yeah. But these people have tons of Grammys. They produce hip hop. They produce every genre of music. Yeah. And they've been doing it since the fifties and sixties, and they still get paid. They go mm-hmm. in there, and and if you have one of these guys produce your album or mix it, it's gonna cost you a million dollars. Yeah. And the and your favorite rapper who you might think is you know, oh man, he, he he ain't hanging out with that type of a nerd. Well, really, he is. He's probably paying that nerd to get his music to sound like that, so you buy it. Yeah, money back, yo, yo, Gotti, and all them uses these guys. Yeah, and so I said, well, if they're using them, let me go learn from them because obviously this is what they want. So yeah, it's just like getting in a business. You know, you're not going to enter into a business and not know the people who came before you or understand it. You mm-hmm. know, so um, that's what I try to do. You know, I tell a lot of young musicians to get in and they say, man, I just want to tap on a drum machine. That's mm-hmm. cool. Keep that, keep that niche because you need that rebelliousness. Yeah. But I also have some education with it. That's the, that's, that's the, a daily combination when you rebellious with education. Yeah. Cause you know when to buck and when not to buck. Yeah. And that's the, that's the biggest trick to it. So. And, and I like what we are talking about right now because it's very educational. We are talking about learning. Yeah. So you were saying just now that 
you you gonna go out and get it and you're gonna do whatever it takes to get it done so talk to the young folks and talk to me about the importance of not depending on nobody going like if you need graphic design you can do it yourself if you need Mm -hmm. a street team if you need a promotion team Mm -hmm. you can go do it yourself yeah and this album was the you know what this album was a blessing in disguise to be honest with you because you know with the pandemic everybody was locked in the house for you know what almost two years and everything yeah and so life slowed down for everybody so people don't understand it only takes 21 days for something to become a habit. So we in the house for more than 21 mm. days. So we got comfortable with that. So that's why I see, that's why I tell people now, you're not at your full potential. We're at a lazy potential. Yeah. Everybody is. Yeah. Because we're not really doing what we what we can do. For 21 days, we were stuck in the house even longer. Longer than that. So we became creatures of, oh man, I want to work from home or I want to do that. But not realizing when we didn't work from home or when we were out on the go, what it really did for us, it yeah. made us more of a goal getter. And, you know, things are kind of like a microwave society now, but you know, yeah. So when I tell people the learning thing, I tell people, I always try to learn two things a day, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is, learn two new things a day. Yeah. I, that's the way I, that's the way you stay relevant. That's the way you stay current. And that's the way you stay, Mentally, happy, mentally healthy, mentally yeah. happy, and all because of that. you mentally healthy, your mental health all depend on what you feed in yourself. So if you feel like you're growing, you know, far as education wise or 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 even your skill wise, it's going to make you happy. You're going to be like, oh, I know I can do that. Yeah. That's feeding your mental health. Yeah, you know, mental health is 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 more important than physical health. To be honest, mm, that because you can't be physically physical. healthy without mm-hmm. being mentally healthy. Yeah. And that's 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 kind of like you talking about the 21 day thing. And I know we're talking about the hotel nostalgia, but since we educate and I, I want to talk about like that's how I got started in the veganism, really, mm-hmm. because I said it takes 21 days to create a habit. Yeah. And when I got into veganism, I said I ain't going to eat no meat, dairy or uh, nothing animal product related for 21 days. And when I did it, I couldn't view myself going back. Because I, I couldn't imagine tasting something with flesh now. Yeah. I, it, it, it it just removed it out of my, um, you know what I'm saying? My thought process, it, it removed it out of my realm of the, my way of living, though. But let, let's let's talk. We ain't talking about me. Let's talk about. Uh, nah, it's cool because I, I pick up a lot of information from, you know, like, especially with the vegan, you know, that inspired me to see how clean you eat. And, you know, I eat moderately clean. I don't think I can ever give up meat, but it makes me want to be disciplined in other parts of my life. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, it, what you said just inspired me. You said you couldn't see yourself going back to doing something. So, to me, I take that as like, okay, well, what are my flaws? And I want to see if I can kick them for 21 days. So, then I become to hate that thing that was weakening me. That was hindering So, I don't go back to it. Yeah. It's biblical, but yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. fact. That's, yeah, a, that's how things happen, man. Yeah. The 21 day effect. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But let's talk about what you listening to right now. Cause some stuff done drop. Now what, what Mike listening to right now, right now, see my favorite song. I, I, anytime I'm going into work or I'm getting up in the morning, if I play, uh, I got to listen to New York minute by Don Hensley. And the reason I like that, if you listen to that song, musically is probably the number two greatest song of all time, because <sighs> The, the production on it, just the format of it musically is is perfect. Lyrics and everything. Yeah. So I, I'm listening to that. Um, I listen to Big 30. Uh, mm, yeah. You know. He from Memphis, ain't he? Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, I, I like listening to guys who, when they talk about, you know, the street life, like I, I can tell the difference between somebody who's faking it yeah. and, and who who's real and who's not, you know. Yeah. I grew up all around it, so I know. Yeah. And I know when somebody's talking about it and not glorizing it, but just saying, Hey, this is what it is. Like Kevin Gates is my favorite one. He shows you how to transition from the streets to becoming a man. And mm-hmm. he lets you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with taking certain pieces of your street mentality and putting it in your life because it's going to help you. It's a survival skill. Yeah. You know, yeah. corporate America uses it all the time, but we use it in a different way. So, uh, Big 30, Kevin Gates, um, mm. Smokey Robinson. Oh, man, I tell you, this, this surprised me, man. Dip low. 
Oh yeah, I know D- Diplo. He a DJ too, ain't? Nah, nah. The girl, she got that oh, song. I ain't heard of her. Yeah, she got that song. Uh, hot damn, is that me in love with you? So oh, I like yeah. the music. So I watched the video, like the process of making that music, making the song, and that's the that's my favorite thing is to watching a song from the journey because uh-huh. I like creation. So if you like to see stuff from the beginning to the end, y- you get it. So when I seen her m- put that song together. And how it came about and what it was about, I was like, that's dope. But a lot of people don't know it's a bedroom producer who did it. Mm. It's a bedroom producer who loves making trap records. Yeah. So this is what, you know, I try to get people to understand music is universal, whether it's trap music, whether it's country music, rock music, it is all the same. Mm-hmm. It's just a story over a different drum. Yeah. And people dance to different drums. But if you know how to bring the two together, because I tell you like this, so Hip hop, we like the drums. We go for the drums. Yeah. Uh, old school 70s music, 80s soft rock, it's all about the melody. Mm-hmm. So when you bring the two together, you get a daily combination. Kanye West is probably the only person I've seen really do it yeah. and perfect it when he did 808 and Heartbreaks. Like everybody, like, man, that's a dope album. But if you listen to it, all the songs that are in there, they're all samples from old 70s groups. And he tells you, he was like, I just wanted the melody. And I just put hip hop drums over, and he, he blended all genres of music. Basically, that's that's what. I, well, let me say something before I get into the Kanye West thing because I was about to go to Drake. <laughs> you didn't say you like the albums that's being released. You didn't say you was listening to none of the the Drakes. The Meek Mill came out this Friday. The no, the Kanye West. You ain't listening to none of that. You you said artists that. I'm glad you said that too because that's artists that people need to go check, check out. out. Mm-hmm. Big Thirty. And uh, what's the the female name again? Diplo. Diplo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you ain't say nothing about none of them. Oh, like her. The I'm listening to her a lot too. I yeah. watch her Tiny Desk performance. So I've been watching a her lot adult. of. I I love watching a lot of people's live performance. Mm-hmm. I went back, man. I tell you, man. One night I was in here, and man, I w- it was probably my best night in the studio. So I kind of document my nights in the studio. Mm-hmm. It was, man. You talking about a musical high like no other? I was working on a record. And the lean on me record and i went i went back and i said who do i want it to sound like yeah. so you remember the sound of blackness the song from the jason lyrics yeah. you will know i said man that's what i want but i got one artist and i need a choir how can i do this so i went to be a student for five days i'm, I'm on youtube education is free yeah don't waste your money at no no university unless somebody gonna pay for it for you yeah. that's what i tell everybody now because all you got to do is study Pay for the certificate, two or yeah. three hundred dollars. You good, you good. And so, because everything on YouTube, YouTube, everything on YouTube online. Yeah. And if you go, I promise you, if you go to a university right now, they're gonna sit you down and have you go to a website online to learn. So why pay? Their you class do, le- yeah. website that they teaching the same thing that you yeah. could have. Yeah. Yeah, you gonna pay thirty grand for that? You can get it for three. So. I went back and I just got immersed in that sound of blackness record. And I tried to find the behind the music of it, but I couldn't, but I found a studio. I mean, I found a video where they were in the studio making it and I'm like, okay. So then I start watching the soul train performance when they do the tributes. Mm-hmm. So they was doing a tribute to the sound of blackness, but everybody don't understand the sound of blackness is Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. Two of the most, I'm, I take this back. I ain't going to just say they're black, but they are the most successful producers of all time. Got more number one hits than the Beatles and Elvis combined. The only, the only, uh, the only two to have uh, music like ten number ones in every genre. Yeah, ten number ones in every genre. You gotta be, you know how crazy. bad. You, yeah, you crazy. Crazy. And so the tribute was to them, and you know you a beast when Babyface. Is doing a tribute to you, yeah. Because Babyface is a legend himself. Yeah, he's a. He's a <laughs> <laughs> so they were doing it, and I just seen how the crowd was vibing. If you ever watched those Soul Trains Wars, you got young people, you got old people, and they vibing because it take them back mm-hmm. because something that they heard from their parents. But when you listen to something live, it's not the same way that you heard on the radio. So, mm-hmm. like, if you listen to Cruising or something like that on the radio, they got like the seventy drums. When you listen to it live. They gonna have that drum that's modern in there, yeah, and that's Ooh. what makes the crowd get going. When you watch the BET Awards, you see Kurt Franklin them moving around to the SOS band. Was it Tell Me? Yeah, I seen Wiley and all them dancing to it. 
uh, and I was like, I even seen Gucci dancing to it. And I was like, okay. I said, he feeling it. It's the melody, but it's the drums. It's also connected. Cause the drum is the feeling. Exactly. The drum is the, the, it's the heartbeat of the record. Yeah. yeah. So I go in and I'm like, man, this is how I want the record to sound. So I spend five days finding that feeling, immersing, my, immersing myself in it. And that's literally what I do. Like, I'll literally get lost in the record. Whatever it takes for me to feel that record, yeah, I, I'll take myself there. So you can feel it when, so the people can get into that vibe also when they, yeah. when they listen to it, they gonna feel something. They automatically gonna feel something. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me about like, what would you consider your genre to be? The type of music you make, and what should people expect on from the app? I don't have a genre. That's the thing about it, and yeah. you know. I like what you said earlier. You said, man, just call it alternative. And I think that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because it's not a genre because I let some people listen listen to like the album a little bit, you know, like the premixes. And what I did is I got about 10 people together and I didn't get them all together in one spot. What I actually did is, you know, somebody said, hey, man, I need a ride here. And mm-hmm. I thought about that person. I said, OK, well, I'll pick you up on this day and we'll go. Yeah. So I thought about that person's favorite music, what I've always seen that person listen to, what they post, you know, did my research on them. I said, which one of my records would fit them? Mm -hmm. And so we get in the car, we're driving. I let the, I already build out a playlist. It's playing, you know, current stuff, stuff that they like and all that. And then my record slips in. They're like, oh, I ain't heard this. This is new. Who is this? I was like, you like it? Yeah. Yeah. Who is this? I let them keep listening. And like, dude, who is this? This is dope. And they pulling out their phone, trying to sound hound it, and it's like, boop, no results for found. Yeah, Shazam it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I said, it's my song. And then they like, wait, 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 wait. What you mean your song? Like, your song? Yeah, yeah. Is that you singing? Nah, it ain't me singing. Yeah. I, I played all the music. You play all those instruments? Yeah. Yeah. You you, you wrote the song? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything top to bottom and they're like man you cold that was and then i i knew i had something when after they got out the car two or three days later they're like man you think i can get that record just to like listen to Mm-mm. when you say the album coming out and that's a good feeling versus somebody saying oh yeah let me know when the album come i'm gonna support you but when somebody calls you and say hey when you supposed to be dropping that like can i get that song mm-hmm. like Man, that's and I was like, it's doing what it's supposed to do because they need it. Do do you think like because you deep with your creation, you create the the whole thing, the writing process, mm-hmm. each individual instrument. Because people ain't people ain't doing that nowadays. They get on the fruity loops and they just microwave. Yeah. Do you think that music is appreciated in this in this microwave era as it? as it should be or as it used to be or it's not appreciated the way it should be. And the thing about it is, is I don't have a problem with the microwave society actually in the, in the process of making this album, mixing this stuff. I told myself, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that microwave. Stuff. Overthinking. Yeah. Yeah. But what I've learned is don't be too stern to it. Like be acceptance. Like advice can come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. So like, when it came to like, you know, cleaning up tracks, like cutting air out, I wanted to go the old school method. But because technology has events and being a technology guy, you would think, man, I want to get it quicker. But I was like, no, nah, I actually want to see the process. Yeah. But I learned, okay, once I figure out how to do it, okay, there's also a shortcut how to do it too. So I want to know both ways. Mm-hmm. So I understand exactly why I'm cutting it and what's happening. Yeah. But, you know, once you start figuring it out, you can pretty much zoom through it. And, you know, I just tell them, always be a student. Take, you know, before you do an album, I say take probably like a month or two to be a student. Yeah. And I did. I literally took a month or two. And even in the process of making the album, I still became a student. Mm-hmm. That You know, it's still cra- a student. You know, it's crazy about that. Like, I, I create music also and our process is so, so t- it's totally opposite. Yeah. But but you got a track that I like, man, the date night track. That's my favorite track off so, the record. That yeah. life I chose. So the beat on that man is just crazy. The lyrical content is crazy. The way you put it together is crazy. I was like, he on the something. I was like, this is different. Like I said, it's a classic. It's an album that you'll go back to ten years from now. And it's not an album that was just for that moment. See, because music is really a cycle. Every seven years, 
Yeah. It's supposed to repeat itself. So I was explaining this to somebody the other day. So like the genuine song differences mm-hmm. with my daughter, I was explaining to her. So I play differences. She's like, dad, that's on garbage. Yeah. So then I play her pop smoke with, you know, about love. She loves that song. Yeah. And then I play mine again. She was like, wait a minute. I was like, it's the same thing. Uh, yeah. I was like, it just fits the time. I would say when Genuine came out with differences, everybody wanted to be booed up and all that. You know, it was about mm-hmm. that. When Pop Smoke came out, what you know about love? Yeah. Everybody won't be booed up, but it's a little aggressive. And I don't think, and this is not a shot at like Pop Smoke song, is is perfect for what it is. It's more like the smooth player type. Yeah. Genuine's was like my whole life has changed. Like, yeah. you know, like I'm a married, but this one is kind of like I'm a smooth type player. Yeah. And they both great songs. Yeah, that's true. And so that's why I was trying to tell my dogs, like, you got to appreciate the art, like understand mm. where it come from, because if you understand where it come from, you're going to understand where it's going mm-hmm. and you ain't never going to be lost because I told her, you know, like life is a circle. Everything you do, I've done. Everything somebody else done, it's already it's already done. has been done. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just like plants, you know. Water them, they grow, they kill. Water them, grow, and it's just it's the circle of life. And that's why did you speak about the circle of life too? Because and we're talking about appreciation right now, and uh, like things just have to happen. Don't nothing yeah. need to be forced. Whatever is comfortable for you to happen is the way it's supposed to happen and exactly. it's, it's going to end up perfect anyway. And the reason I say like our creativity is different. Like I didn't make a record for 12 years and I recorded those 10 songs for that legendary album in one day. <laughs> well, hey, you a monster. album in one day because I was so full. Yeah. That it, I just went in there and just said all of that in one day. Yeah. And that's yeah. dope, man. Like you a monster with it. Um, Man, I that that that's a monster because I understand you know the process of ten records. I mean, I write, I wrote all the songs on this album, mm-hmm. and it, it was really hard to write. Yeah, like my favorite record on the album, though, maybe it's you, probably the dopest record on the album. It's funny how that one came about. I like that. So I was at my old crib. I was in the studio, and me and my girl was having an argument, and she was sitting. You know, right in the chair like you are. And I just bust out the guitar and mm-hmm. I just start singing. And I was mad. And I was singing to let her know, like, look, this is it. And I'm like, maybe it's you. It's driving me crazy with all the things you do. Maybe it's you complaining about things that I do. Yeah. No matter how hard I try, it's just not enough to please you. Yeah. And I was like, that's a whole re- that that. And and I, I I got my dude from Ghana. See, I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> my dude from Ghana who on the album though but Nelly Nelly Jerry amazing vocalist will yeah. kill it and me and him got so many records together and and we work really well together man we we've built such a great bond and um I sent him the video of me singing he like bro you can't sing I was like I know yeah I was like but I can write and I can produce he was like that you damn sure can do yeah and he was like I love this song I'm gonna kill it I'm going to kill it. Yeah. So he sent me the vocals back. We go to Margaritaville and we chilling. We having fun. I mean, living the life. He sent it to me. And I'm like, cool. I'm listening to it, man, and get the vibe of it. And I sent him something back. I was like, we're going to change the whole vibe of it. Now. Yeah. I need you to. It's It's got to be. I'm about to. I'm upset with you, but I'm fiending for you still. So that's why you get that blues and that mm. guitar. So it's like that. Maybe it's you. I mean, but like. You can make love to the record, but you can also be angry at the record. It's just a love. It's an angry love makeup record. Yeah. And that's a whole totally. That's a whole vibe. That's a, it's feeling. a whole vibe. That's multiple feelings in one. Yeah. One take. Yeah. Yeah. And you can play the. You could play the song when you about to break up with somebody. You can be pissed and still play the record and still have a, another vibe. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to this album, when you listen to any song on this album, is probably double meanings and everything. Cause like the song I, I wrote called Angel, I wrote that about my kids. Mm. And my homeboy who recorded it, man, love him to death, Eric K. Amazing, amazing vocalist. He's also on Cruiser. Yeah. And um, he was like, man, I love this, man. I, I, I love this, man. Bye, 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 bye. And we talking, he was like, man, you know, I, I got this girl that I'm in love with too. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I said, but it's about, it's about my kids, man. And he was like, that's dope. He was like, I got an angel too that I love. 
So like when you hear it, a lot of people will be like, oh man, it is it, probably about this. It probably means this because they think that, but it's another meaning behind it. It's like when you listen to a Prince or like a Michael Jackson record and you're like, oh man, I, he meant this like purple rain. Nobody knows what purple rain means. There's so mm. many like stories behind what purple rain means, yeah. but it's a great record because it means whatever you need it to mean. And what, that's what this album does. Why is the, why is the English language like that? I wonder when the person who created the English language made it to where every word in the English language could be speaking metaphorically. It could mean two things. I wonder why they did that, man. Because it, language is universal. It, yeah. it is. It is. It's, it just whatever, whatever you need to feel is whatever you need to be, whatever you need to feel. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the way it goes. man. And, and I love it. I can't wait to I can't wait to hear this record, man. I can't wait to. I, well, I'm already. Well, let me quit capping. I don't heard some of the records, y'all, but yeah, he ain't completely finished. But I don't heard some of them records. Yeah, we getting close. We was we was headed for that uh, October 11th date, but mm -hmm. we we may and we may not reach it. But it's cool. If we don't, the album be out. You know when it's supposed to be out. Yeah, and that's one thing I had to learn too, because like believe it or not, dude, I got through the creation of it like quick. Like, man, like every day I was, it was a new song. Yeah. And I was creating quick, 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 quick. Mm -hmm. And um, the mix and the mastering phase is long. It's not like the creation phase. The creation phase is fun because yeah. they send you something. They're like, here, I got the vocals laid down. And I'm like, oh my God, I hear this bass. It needs to be in here. Boom, 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 boom. And then, you know, you, and you watch the song grow and I'm like, I'm a bad boy. And you know, it's crazy about you saying it too. Like, I can't even listen to a song until it's mixed and mastered. I, I, I'm an engineer, so I have to listen to it on mixed and mastered. But yeah, if you... And I'm just an me, artist. Do me a favor. I'm just an do, artist. Do me a favor. And you're going to love this. And this is probably going to make you a better artist too. When you record your song, hang around with the engineer or the mix and master, whoever does the record for you. Mm. Hang around with them for a day. And you're going to be like, It'll probably you're gonna hear stuff in the mix of your song. You're like, no, keep that, change that. Let's do this, and you that record will blossom, and you will see everything that you were trying to get out that record. Because yeah. as an artist, I don't know if you struggle with this, but so when I was an artist, sometimes I would record songs, and my first verse would sound exactly how I wanted to sound. It was on point. Mm -hmm. My hook might have been, yeah. Second verse. It just dropped. Like I didn't have the attention span. Yeah. So literally, what I do is I sit here and listen to the record in full. And if I'm listening to it and I'm in the first verse and I'm like this, and then the chorus coming, I'm bobbing. I'm like, wait a minute, why wasn't I bobbing when it came on? Yeah. We got to go back and fix that. Yeah. So yeah. that's the beauty of it. So like, and it, it, it's sometimes it's just something simple. It's like, oh man, I need to take this out going to the chorus. Oh, this this need more reverb right here or that mm -hmm. or that, and it brings it to life. Like, is it's literally like watching a, a tree grow. You mm -hmm. can't skip the process of growing a tree. That's a fact. That's a fact. People like to get to the top, but you you got to watch it grow. And the journey is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Journey is beautiful. And, and you know what? That's the You have a luxury bit by being an engineer, too. Yeah. Some people might not view that as a luxury. Uh, uh, people that's just artists that's hearing this podcast or whatever right now, they might not understand the luxury of what I'm talking about, but as an artist, we have to pay to hang around an engineer and be, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Get up under YouTube, man. Yeah. Um, I tell people, get up under YouTube. And you a podcaster, so you, you I mean, think about it, how, how you fell in love with the journey of doing podcasts. Yeah. Like, from your first podcast to today, talking to you, man, at like... It's night and day. It's night and day, and it's like, this dude know his, like, he know his shit, like, yeah. Like you respect people like it. Like it's kind of like to me, let's compare it to a sport. So for instance, uh, who was garbage in college to play college football? Let's go with one of UT players. It was garbage at UT. I'm messing your boys going to get on uh, for that. Arian Foster. Arian Foster. Prime example. Garbage in college. Fumble. Every yeah. key, every key moment. Was then. always hurt. He, he a good back, good dude. I know him. Yeah. It, it, cool. Yeah, cool individual rapper. He had his own show too. Uh huh. I yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. And so when he got to the NFL, showed out. Russian leader. Showed out. Yeah. 
That's because he, stu- he starts studying. He starts getting up under some real trainers and everything. Yeah. It's different, you know, and he probably felt more confident. Actually, he did because I watched the interview with him. Mm-hmm. They said, well, why didn't you do this at Tennessee? That was the biggest thing. People said, you know, yeah. why can't you do this at Tennessee? You was always hurt this and this and that. It was like, it's just different. I'm around I'm around different people now. Yeah. I understand the game different. The strength, the health aspect of it, mm-hmm. the food you consume can so, cause yeah. injuries. Yeah, because he went vegan for a while, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. 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 That food you consume can cause you eating candy, snacks, and all that thing. Yeah, you know he was eating Taco Bell in college. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now later. Yeah. You get hit and it's over. Yeah. So it's just it's a matter how serious you take it. And in college, you gotta understand he was young, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a, around a hundred thousand fans. You probably get whatever you want is different, but now when you get in the pros, yeah, it's a it's a thousand it's a thousand of you on the team just making millions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you learn. You say, okay, well, I got to either take my craft serious or I'm gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. And that's what, just what he did. So now you know what's crazy. I I have my boy Troy, who I do the two brothers with. <laughs> what's going on? That's he- my dude. He got a couple Big of questions he wanted to ask you. And he got his reasons for asking, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, did it matter? Uh, no, hold on, hold on. Let me, I'm reading it wrong now. My fault, y'all. He said, what was considered when coming up with your top five musicians and artists? What is considered? Mm, what is considered? Okay. Uh, number one, work ethic. Okay. I, I I I will not respect anybody who don't have work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like I get motivated by your work ethic. Like you could be, man, you could be, and this is just a metaphor, but you could be the biggest crackhead on earth. But yeah. if you if you smoke and crack the best, yeah, I'm like, what's your work ethic? You yeah. know, because I want to be addicted to what I love that same way. Mm-hmm. Like I want that type of passion. It's like Michael Jordan. I couldn't stand Michael Jordan. But I could never deny him his work ethic. When I seen the flu game, yeah, gave me chills, and still to this day, give me chills. I could go in the gym, and if I don't feel like going, I put that on. Mm-hmm. I said, "Man, I ain't got no flu. Yeah. I ain't like him. Why can't I do this?" That yeah. motivate me work ethic because to me, nobody would will ever outwork me. Yeah. That's the only thing a man or a woman has is your work ethic. Like mm-hmm. that's the only thing you literally can't control. Yeah, you can't control anything else in your life, but your work ethic you can control. Yeah, a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always look at that uh, accomplishments. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things. And when I say accomplishments, it doesn't mean like, oh, well, how many number ones do they have um, in this billboard? I won't. I look at artists who have number ones across the whole thing because I love music. Like, yeah, I am music. Like, yeah. literally, it, I love it. So I respect the game, uh, the music game too much to play with it. So like. I take it serious. So those guys who who uh, put that type of work in and strive to be the best, um, and those who are humble with it, who you just never really realize how humble they are. Like you know, for for instance, Prince was a very humble guy. He didn't want a lot of people touching his music because he he was very passionate about it, and he knew how some people would just be like, "Oh yeah, I like this song. Let me go splice it up, do this and do this to it." And he's like, "Wait a minute, listen to it." Like. Get understand an understanding it. for understand it because yeah. I'm telling you something. Because musicians like that and myself, our music is our diary. All we're doing is putting our life into you, yeah. putting our life into it. And if you ignore it, I don't want to have a conversation with you. So why would I let you take my stuff and let you have another conversation with somebody? Yeah, yeah. I'm letting you into my life. Like it's deep. Like you just don't let anybody in your life. Yeah, because you know? sometimes, like I'm kind of I, I do podcasts and stuff, but I'm kind of an introverted person. If you meet me out in the world, I might not even speak. I might just walk by. And they, I'm the same way. They think there's something wrong with me, but I'm not like that. But I didn't even finish this question, fam, but you answered it already. <laughs> he said, did it matter about their total sales or popularity of success? Or mm-hmm. was it more because of their total artistry and sales? He said, the sales even matter. No. Uh, the reason why I say number one's... Uh, to have number ones in all genre, like for my favorite producers and engineers, it's like anything. You want to be the best at what you do. Mm-hmm. So why get involved with something if you're not going to be the best? But the best is being the best is it's a top priority, but it's the least priority. Like mm-hmm. I like the stuff in the middle. I like the journey. Mm-hmm. So it's like if if you go to the gym every day, you know, 
most people that that you see go to the gym that are in real good shape, bodybuilders, yeah, they're not really assessed with their body. Like, I mean, they're assessed to it for the public view, but they get a kick out of going to the gym. Yeah, like it's it's another high, mm-hmm. and this is just the result of it. This is just the result of what I love. The consistency. Yeah. Though. So the sales and all it really doesn't matter. It's just a result. It's just to say, look, hey world, I am who I am. Like yeah. I am that great. If you like it, you don't. But like I know I am that great. Everybody needs a pat on the back from somebody yeah. besides themselves sometimes. So that is good to have a pat on your on your back because like creating music, I don't I don't talk about it to the public that often, but I'm gonna speak on it. I'm very cocky within myself about my music yes. and my creativity because if a, I don't let everybody see my recording process because they'll be baffled by it and yeah. they'll be like did he just go in there and say that and he didn't yeah, write I seen it. what was the video where you had uh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue the video where you did have we were going to record him, but I think you probably it was just you know you were just yeah. doing it for the camera yeah yeah my, my but it co- wasn't the actual process yeah my yeah. cousin recorded me recording it and I I I don't write really. If I, the beat talk to me, so when the beat yeah. talk to me, I just go in there and say something. See, that's and what I over. like. Yeah, that's I love it when the artist gets in there and let the beat talk to him because all the music is is a conversation between the engineer and the artist. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. So the artist may come with the concept. Is so for instance, like um, "Lean on Me," the song "Lean on Me." Yeah, I didn't ha- I, I didn't have the beat made for that yet. Mm-hmm. But I just kept saying, you say they're going again tough, baby, lean on me. You say you want to give up, baby, lean on me, on me. Yeah. You can lean on me. And so when I made the beat, the beat started having a conversation back with the words that I was saying. So I was like, okay, yeah, I want the guitar right here. I want the bass right here. I want the hi-hats right here. And so it's, it's talking, but each instrument has something that is saying back to the person. So it's all talking. Now, 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 let me let me stop you for a it's minute deep. because you you talked to me about something before we got on the show, and uh, you was educating me on it. Sound design, yeah, sound design is very important. I sat down with an engineer, uh, one of the guys I work with, uh, brilliant dude, brilliant dude. Mm-hmm. I work around a lot of smart people. Sometimes I feel like I'm too dumb to be around them, but it makes me want to be even smarter. And that's what I, that's mm-hmm. what I like. Like, you know, Steve Jobs said, you better be the dumbest person in your circle. Oh, <laughs> if you ain't the dumbest person in your circle, you're in the yeah. wrong circle. Yeah. Yeah. So I sat with him and he was just teaching me about sound design. So he's telling me like how sound works. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So I took it from, him. I start doing some research. I start listening I start looking up uh, how do people between the age 18 and 40 listen to music? How do people between 40 and up listen to music? And, you know, it's certain frequencies that we can hear mm-hmm. that, you know, a person with good ears should be able to hear this. A person with mediocre ears should hear this. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who wear earphones this way, damaged, ears are damaged this way. Mm-hmm. People who wear AirPods hear music this way. And when you put it on Apple, it's going to sound like this. This is going to be there. So it's tricky to try to find a happy medium in between the two, but it's fun. So that's what I mean by sound design. So I start studying that and I start learning, hey, look, when you put together a song, like the background vocals should never sound like the main vocals. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't even, they shouldn't even like really like when I say compliment it, it shouldn't even bring them, make them stand out. They should Mm -hmm. be something on their own. It should flow because your background instrument, your background vocals are an instrument. Yeah. So when you put that EQ, when you put that reverb on it, if you mute the track, you should hear the vocal sound like an instrument. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's supposed to do. Because a lot of people, so the artists will go in there and record a song and they'll do the background vocal. And they're doing the background vocal because they know what they, they know what they want to say. They know what they want to sound like. Yeah. It's the engineer's job to make it sound like the instrument that it needs to be in there. So for instance, like a lot of people don't realize this when you listen to a uh, Lil Wayne song, Young Money. What was that? We like girls and something, something too. I like girls too. D- d- I, like I wish I could be with every girl in the world, whatever yeah. it was. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So that song. So if you Google it, probably 50 to 60% of the population got the chorus wrong, the actual words in the chorus wrong. Yeah. Some people said it sounds like he's saying, We like cereal. We like that. Yeah. The engineer does that. On purpose, purpose yeah. to trick you, to intrigue you. Mm-hmm. 
because maybe the way he was actually saying the chorus wasn't catching. Yeah. So he had to change it in the backgrounds because some people only hear that frequency that low. So typically when you stack that background vocal, it is usually like six stacks because you're going to put one on this frequency, one on that frequency, one on that frequency. Yeah. So you're feeding everybody. It's like yeah. a dog whistle. Like, you know, some humans can't hear a dog whistle, mm. but dogs can hear the whistle. So yeah. you put something in there to cater to each person's ear mm-hmm. and it has to be the instrument that catches the whole song and, and you, you you know what's crazy about you talking to me about sound design and educating me on sound it's that uh i'm noticing something about music like when i first started hearing uh when apple music first was created i used to have to plug it up in my ox now they got the bluetooth mm-hmm. and they got the apple car play and i used to be like man cds sound so much better yeah it was more powerful but the game is changing now if mm-hmm. if you notice or people that's listening to the show notice they got looseless sound on the uh yeah. the streaming devices. Now they got what? different type of mm-hmm. mastering and quality. The quality has leveled up so bad that it, it, it's just ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And the reason they did that is because, you know, like, so for instance, when you transport your song out of your DAW and that's your digital audio workstation, whatever you're mm-hmm. working in, Cubase, Fruity Loops, whatever it may be, Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. When you're doing that, Nine times out of ten, people export it as an MP3 when they want to say, "Hey, I want it right now." Yeah, you put it as an MP3. MP3 is not the best quality. A wave format a is wave. The, yeah, yes. With the wave, you don't you're is barely getting compressed. MP3 is getting super compressed. So what the what the audio industry notices, like, hey, a lot of people are uploading their albums from their phone now. Like technology's changed. Yeah, a lot of people are doing albums in their bedroom, and they got these hard drives that can't handle this much space, mm-hmm. and it takes forever. It's eating up all the RAM, all the processors. They want to put it out quick. The microwave society. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that because I still do them in MP3s and all. I do all that myself too. Yeah, but in doing that, you're going to lose some quality. Yeah. So yeah. now what the so what happened is is now the Apple Music and all the audio audio technicas and the sound companies. Are trying to catch up like mm-hmm. oh wait a minute people putting out this bad quality people are going to start hating it a lot and it's going to start doing this and it's going they ain't going to be want to stream on all platforms and yeah. we want to keep them here so they like we got to catch up yeah and they like you know so we got to do it quick so they start doing that like kanye west i like what he did with his new album so mm-hmm. if you bought the album on apple music i think it was like the 39 dollar one it actually has it to where you can take the beat out you can play with the vocals you can do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. And I was like, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Because the things that you can do with songs, like, think about it. What is it now? The standard radio format for a song is two minutes and 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So if you go back probably 15, 20 years ago, a standard radio song is probably about four, four minutes. Four twenty-five. Yeah, because people don't listen that long, so you got to catch them like that, mm-hmm. which is kind of better for the producers a little bit because yeah. you get an artist and you're like, hey, man, all I need you to do is put down a 16 and give me a hook and I can repeat and I can chop and I can repeat and chop. And, and what's crazy, attention spans are so short now that the beat, sometimes I hear a lot of songs now that the beat doesn't stay the t- same tempo no. because they want to switch energies. It might start off mm-hmm. exciting or a high energy song, then it slow down and mellow down or it might start off mellow and then it ramp up throughout the song, the the yeah energy of the song and it's crazy because a lot of stuff that i've been noticing like even in the process of making this album and this is why i wanted to do live instruments because there's only so much accuracy you can get from a computer mm-hmm. and it's called being in the pocket so only musicians know that like real musicians know that like like you'll hear something and it might sound stagnant yeah. and that's why you're losing interest because it's literally i'm copying and pasting the pattern your ear can only hear something so long before it gets tired. So yeah, that's why, you know, a lot of people, they'll hear something. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I like that song because I like the chorus. Like, OK, so my, one of my favorite Drake songs on this new album, I like the Too Sexy song. Me too. I, I, a lot I, of people I, don't like, like it. it but, I, but I didn't like it at first. I was like, oh, he sampled from this. Yeah. And then my daughter's like, you hate. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably am hating. But let me let me listen to it. Yeah. So I got to myself and I'm driving. and I'm listening to it. And I'm like. Drake cold. Yeah. I always thought Drake was cold, but I was like, dude, he killed that. And I was like, okay, the beat come, but when future verse come on, I'm 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 lost after that. I can go to the next song. Yeah. And it's because they kept it stagnant. And it's nothing mm. against the records. The records are a dope record, phenomenal record. 
but they kept it stagnant. So like Drake came on hard, and you come with. I, I like the few. I like so future who, so thug, so who though. versus better to you though, futures or Drakes? I like Young Thug verse too though. I couldn't you understand him. That for, I I, did, I couldn't understand. I listened to the whole song. Sorry, but like that. I couldn't. I really. That's not. That's that's not my tone. That's not. Yeah. I like Young Thug. Yeah. My favorite song by Young Thug is probably the stuff he did with Rich Homie Quan. I love all the stuff he oh, did. Yeah, that was dope. That was man. That that right there. See the reason why Young Thug is an icon too mm-hmm. is because he did change the game. Yeah. He did. Him and Rich Homie Quan changed it because when they came out, music didn't sound like that. Him in London and them on the beats. Yeah. They yeah. changed the whole sound, you know, like, look, we're going to play real chords over this. You know, we're going to play real piano chords over it and we're going to it's going to be smooth. It's going to be it's that Miami music. Like I'm in Miami with my shirt open. I'm flossing. I got money. Mm-hmm. So that was my favorite thug stuff. And, 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 and like Young Thug, like the only reason I kind of like Thug, too, is because he forced you to. Yeah, he's a learn his music because you don't know what he's saying. He going there and. I done seen some uh, videos of him recording and he going there. He might just say ski, he, ah, throughout yeah. the whole verse and then come back and put the words on. Top that's how he, yeah, that's how he recorded. Yeah. Like I watched that too. His engineer was talking about it. He was like, he was like, young thug doesn't really write the song. He just comes in there and just do stuff, stuff yeah. and then just fill it in. But that's his technique as, I mean, that's, he's a painter and he, he paints well when he do it. Yeah. But you know, I have my things that I like about thug. Yeah. So he's like, if somebody said name five artists is just trash, he's definitely not trash. He's an icon. Yeah. I may not get all of his stuff, but he is an icon. Like yeah. I give credit where credit's due. But Drake did kill it. Yeah, Drake, Drake killed, killed, it. killed it. He killed it. Killed he started it. the song off right. Yeah. And I was like, how do you follow up with that? Right when I heard that record though, to me that stood out the most to me, but I can appreciate Drake because he got so many Tennessee implements in that album. People might not know that. Be, mm-hmm. Me being from Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Well, his daddy from his daddy spent a lot of time in Memphis. He got skinny people pimp sampled on the album. Uh-huh. But see, people don't understand his daddy's the greatest bass player of all time, too. Larry Graham. Mm-hmm. Mean. And if you don't believe me, you look it up. Eric Clapton and everybody will tell you his daddy was the one who created uh, the slapping of the bass. Yeah. They call it the slap. His daddy created that because mm-hmm. his dad his dad would play so hard. He just slap that thing yeah so it's in them you know and that's why you know people might be like oh drake this he got all these writers not drake's a real musician yeah whether you like it or not you know he's a real musician yeah hey man i ain't trying to end the podcast because we <laughs> we've been on for an hour yeah you're gonna I have to splice this up and keep the parts you want nah we're gonna put this whole thing out. we ain't got a piece <laughs> it we ain't got a piece it together family but i got one more question though you know what i'm saying yeah and i want to talk about like I got. I might got two more, man. I don't want to take too much of your time, my brother. But talk to me about DJing for wedding parties, and you also make you do things for TV shows, mm-hmm. TV, film, and everything. Um, the wedding, the, the DJing for like weddings and parties. Mm-hmm. I don't advertise that. Yeah, like because I want to be able to do it when I want to do it, and I want to be able to do it with people who I like because. Yeah, I oh, love yeah, music. Yeah. I'm not typically. I always tell people send me twenty of your favorite songs before I do a party, mm. and pretty much they they probably got ten ten or nine favorite songs that I like because we did a shared a song together where I kind of got a vibe. Mm-hmm. And so I know I'm gonna get to play a bunch of good music. Yeah, and so that's why I say I only do people who I really know or like. You got to know somebody that know me, and they like, hey, he does it, and then I got to sit down and have a conversation with you because I got to get a feel for you. Because if I come do your event, it's going to be live. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be energetic. I'm going to be with the crowd. I'm not going to be, you know, one of them relaxed DJs is just sitting up there. I'm going to get out. I'm going to talk with the crowd. I'm going to, you know, say my two bits, but it's going to be clean. It's going to be nice. The energy is going to be there. That's what's up. Because the thing about it is I always tell people the DJ is the most important thing when it comes to your party. The vibe. Creating because the It whole creates the vibe. whole energy. And I take pride in that. Yeah. And I know the records that will do that. And I know how to just get it there. So it's just another part of being in the music industry mm-hmm. uh, with the TV shows and stuff like that. I got into that years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, actually working at Channel 8 at the time and I was making beats. Yeah. And I went to one of the guys in the sports department. So I was like, man, I need to put this on during sports. And he was like, oh, OK. And then they put it on and I left from there and I went to go work for Discovery Network. 
Yeah. And my first day there, because I love music so much, the facility is so huge. They're giving us a tour. You, it was all the new hires. And I walk past the music studio and I see the music composer in there. Mm. And I just, like a kid in the candy store, I got lost on the tour. I went in there and talked to him for an hour. They still doing the tour. Yeah. And we just talking about music and just trading music stuff. And I'm like, man, I got this. And he's like, hey, all right, on your on your next day here, bring me a CD and we'll talk. So I brought him a CD. He was like, dude, you got some beats. And he was like, it's different. He was like, it don't sound like what I would think. And I was like, yeah, I can yeah. blend the two together. I can I can do this and I can do that. And uh, he was like, can you read music? I was like, nope. He was like, that's the only thing that will stop you from getting a job here is because you can't read music. I said, okay. And that's when I said, I'm going to build my own studio. So my first studio I had built in the back of my house. So I literally went out, purchased a shed, um, put the drywall, did the electric, did everything in it and made it my studio. And it was it was nice, comfortable, put the AC in there. I slept in there many nights mm. and I started learning music. Um, and I came back to him like a year later and he was like, man, you really done progress. You blossomed. You, you, you can talk to me about music in a musical sense. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I learned. He was like, all right. He said, we got this TV show coming up. We need some music for it. Can you do it? And I was like, yeah, it was Garage Gold. So I did the music for that. And then he was like, hey, we got another one coming up. We got the Salt and Pepper show. Can you do the music for that? Mm -hmm. We got the Dr. Pimple Popper. Can you do the music for that? And then it, just more and more, and it just started going. And so word got out that I was doing music. And then um, one of the uh, guys that worked there, he was like, hey, we're about to start this show where we're going to be doing, you know, like uh, NFL recaps and all this and yeah. stuff like that. We need some music for that. So I did the music for that. Years later, this year he goes work at Dick Sporting Good. He's become like the the published manager or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, some regional manager or something, something like, like that. Yeah, he sends me a message. Hey man, um, I know you do music. We're about to do you know a podcast, and we need some music. You think you can do it? I was like, yeah, that's light work. Yeah, light work. Yeah, no problem. So I get in here and I make the beat, and I'm talking to myself. I was like, I wanted to have that band feel, but I wanted to be rugged, so the kids could feel it but i also want to give the the adult something to vibe to mm. kind of like little john third down for what mm. so then that's when i said who uh who you calling when you're fourth and short man this house of sports so i was like yeah there we go because the show's about football fourth and short mm -hmm. you know who you calling when you fourth and short man you calling house of sports and, and they were like wow i was like yeah i sent it to them they loved it. They had like a press event and they said, hey, we need you to come to the event, you know, meet and greet. Mm -hmm. Went out there, met and greater, had the meet and greet with everybody. Uh, loved it. And they said, hey, yeah, it's on uh, our uh, House of Sports website. It's all over. We're playing it in the stores and all that. And it was like, hey, we got another event coming up. Would you come out and DJ? People need to know the man who made the song. You're popular around yeah. here. You're famous and all that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm just a little old me. But, you know, and I got a song that was that was in the indie movie um it called close to my heart but i think i'm actually released that along with this album release a bunch of different stuff but close to my heart was probably like my favorite record that i ever did just because mm -hmm. at the time when i did it i wasn't playing live instruments and people said you can't get that big orchestra feel that big celine dion record yeah out of fruity loops and i did and it sounds just as good as celine dion's uh, close to my heart but probably even better but she was my inspiration when I wrote that song. That's the girl who sung it killed it. Killed it. You know what's crazy? I, I heard you talk. You, you mentioned some things and I heard. I want to ask you this. How important is it being self-taught? Because it's a difference between school education and mm -hmm. college degrees. And it sounds like you are very self-taught. Like very, I was yeah. wanting to talk about the books in the library. But mm -hmm. I see you. You know, what I mean, you read. You taught yourself how to play instruments. You taught yourself how to read. You 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 self taught. So mm -hmm. how important is it? Tell the youth and the people like it's, it, learning is never ending. It's never ending. It's the most powerful thing. You could sit in a room with somebody who has an IQ out the world, could be the smartest man on earth. Mm -hmm. But if they see your work ethic, they will respect you. And yeah. I think that's why I get respect, you know, from everywhere. Because mm -hmm. people tell me all the time, they're like, man, man, you ran for mayor, you you played pro ball, you did this and this and that. Mm -hmm. I said, you just respect me because my work ethic, but I'm no smarter than you. Yeah. You probably know something I don't know. That's the difference between to be honest, there's nobody that's a genius. I take that back. There's nobody that's a genius. You just know a little bit more about something that I don't know about. 
yeah. and you just applied yourself a little more. So being a genius is the easiest thing to do. That's the easiest. Everybody could be a genius. It's just the way that you that's apply. The information yourself. is yeah, it's, it's what you attain. Yeah. And that's just as as simple as that. And being self-taught is very important. Stevie Nicks says something that I really liked when I was first learning how to play piano. She said, don't take lessons because it's going to keep you in a box. <laughs> and so I, I, I took on of that. So for like 10 years, I was teaching myself how to play piano. Mm-hmm. And most people would give up learning how to play an instrument. So I said, what's going to keep me into playing the instruments? Only way I'm going to learn how to play piano is I got to learn to play the songs that I like. Yeah. And so once you start learning to play the songs that you like, you're like, oh, my God, that sounds like, oh, I can't stand the rain. Oh, I can do it. I can do it. Then you can go back and learn the reason behind it. Mm-hmm. But just get the feel. That's the difference between someone who's. So let's put it this way. That's the difference between someone who is rebel, who's a rebel, and then someone who is an old rebel. Mm. <laughs> an old rebel, they've been the rebelliousness. That's why I said rebelliousness is not bad. But once you finish being rebelliousness, go back and learn why'd you do that. Yeah. What's behind it? I always question yourself about the day you just had. Yeah. Why'd you make the moves that you made? And what did those moves do for you? Mm. Like, and what they didn't do for you. Exactly. Also. Yeah. Like one of my favorite things is from the Buddhists. And I'm not even a Buddhist, but I like what they say. They say you got a bird sitting on your shoulder, and that bird asks you every night at the end of the night, did you live your day? According to the way you want to live it, was it for you? That's a, and I was like, okay, I can get behind that. That's I, I I listen to a lot of Buddhism teaching too. I'm not yeah. I don't like to uh put labels on myself with nothing. Me but neither. At the end of the, I like being free, and they speak exactly. a lot about freedom and peace and exactly. awareness. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm all I listen to anybody, even if you, even if it's a fool, I listen to them because two year old. Yeah, you got to listen to everybody because. That's the only way to get a vantage point. Like, is to listen. Yeah, it's to listen and to learn. If if we believe in a higher individual, why do we have? I say this a lot. We got two ears and one mouth yeah, for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time. And one, and I know you were speaking about this earlier, and I wanted to chime in on it, but I, I really like it. You know, people say you got to be humble. You got to be humble. Mm-hmm. And being too humble sometimes can can shortchange you. There's nothing wrong with being cocky. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being cocky. Like, you know, uh, Kanye West record, Big Brother. Mm-hmm. I finally got what he said at the end when he said, people said, uh, people call me arrogant, but I use that. People call me arrogant, but I use it to boost my self-esteem. And what he's saying is, I yeah, I'm, I'm acting arrogant because I need this because sometimes I doubt myself. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with being arrogant. Yeah. Be arrogant sometimes. And you can be internally arrogant or externally arrogant. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Hey, man. I, I don't even really want to end the show. We're going I'm gonna be back home now. When <laughs> yeah. the album released, we gotta do it again. Oh yeah, we definitely got to. Yeah. Man, because the visual I got coming, man, is gonna be crazy too. Yeah. 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 So, in closing, I'm very thankful for you being on the show, my brother. In closing, when when we get an album and what you got to say and how can people link up with you? Hopefully, you get it October 11th. If you do not get it October 11th, it will be out before the end of October, so mid-October. Mm-hmm. It'll be on all of my um, social media platforms. Um, I will be promoting it on my uh, Instagram, which is Mike McBath or Mike McBath's Music. Mm-hmm. At Instagram, Facebook, Jeffrey Strongman or Mike McBath. Facebook, let me fix it back. But, you know, I got to Jeff Strongman to hide away from people. <laughs> Twitter, Mike McBath. Apple Music, Mike McBath. Spotify, Mike McBath. All other streaming platforms, Mike McBath. Welcome to Hotel Nostalgia. That's what's up. That's what's up. And uh, if anybody that follows the, the podcast group, the podcast uh, website, man, I'm I'm promoting Mike, man. So y'all gonna have access to it. Yeah. Y'all gonna have access to it. And in closing, you know what I say and on all podcasts. Peace, love, plenty of abundance, and make sure you go get you some money. Yes, we sir. Out. The Trevor Jackson Podcast.